Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the way that you reveal yourself to us in our everyday lives, and um, we just thank you for the God sightings that were shared today. And Lord, now as your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we pray that you would open our eyes to see you more clearly. Open our ears that we would hear that word that you have for us today. Open our hearts that we would be challenged and convicted and that we would know you better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our passage today, um, just a quick uh, story. So this week, I was so excited. I took Wednesday afternoon. I said, I'm going to spend the afternoon. I'm going to research my passage for Sunday because um, I hate when I have to wait until Saturday to write a sermon. So I was all excited because I had Wednesday. Spent the whole afternoon researching the passage. Thursday morning, I came in, and I was proofing the bulletin, and I said to Judy, you have the wrong scripture in here. She said, no, I don't. I spent the whole day researching the wrong passage. So I wasn't as ahead as I thought I was. So now we have the right one, and the passage today really is Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. Let's hear these words. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up and they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm sure that all of you are familiar with um, optical illusions, right? Have you ever been fooled by an optical illusion? If you're on Facebook, um, a couple of years ago, within the past couple of years, there was one going around that was a, a dress and you had to decide whether you saw a white and gold dress or a black and blue dress. Jerry, would you put that first slide up there? an optical illusion. Go back to the first one. Okay, so how many of you see a white and gold dress? Really? Anybody? White and gold? Holy cow. Um, Stacy Slack Riggs and I were the only ones in the early service that we see that as white and gold. How many see black and blue? No kidding. I better have my eyes checked. All right, the next one. Are the horizontal lines straight or crooked? No, they are straight, but it's an, it's the, an optical illusion because of the vertical uh, blocks, right? But the horizontal, they are indeed straight. Next one. Um, is this person looking at you or looking away from you? How many see him looking at you? How many away? Okay. B uh, once you're looking at it, you see both, right? 
Okay. What about at the early service? I'm looking at the back right, and I'm like, how many see them facing West Virginia? Nobody's raising their hand. And I'm like, <laughs> next one. Do you see a chalice or do you see profiles? How many see chalice? How many see profiles? Oh, okay. Now you see both? Okay. All right. Is there another one? Okay. Can you, if you stare at this for a second, can you count the blood? Do you see black dots on there? Can you count the black dots? They're all white. Do you see black dots? Like when you're just staring at it, do you see the black dots? Kind of, yeah. But when you stare at it, it turns, it turns white. Very good. Is there another one? Okay, so this one are the um, two shapes in the center. Are they different colors? Okay, now you're going to think I'm crazy, but you probably think that already. Put your hand up or your finger up. See where the line divides those two shapes? Put your finger across those um, two shapes. Now they're the same color, aren't they? Don't point at it. Look at it this way. Cover the line in the middle. Do you see it? Now they're the same color when you do that. Yeah. All right. No more, right? So sometimes we see things that we aren't sure what we're seeing. Our eyes sometimes play tricks on us. We see things that aren't there. Sometimes we don't we see things that are there, and sometimes we don't see what we thought we saw in the first place, and sometimes we don't know what we're looking at. Well, the disciples in our passage today were experiencing a little bit of all of those issues. They thought that they knew who Jesus was. They thought that they had Jesus all figured out. Now, just before this passage in Matthew's gospel, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered correctly, and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter believed that with his whole heart. But when Jesus started telling the disciples that he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, and that he was going to be killed and on the third day be raised from the dead, Peter actually rebuked Jesus. He said, no way, Lord, that is never going to happen to you. Peter acknowledged that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God, but somehow he thought that he knew better what the future held for Jesus. Those disciples looked at Jesus, and they, they saw the Messiah. They believed that Jesus was who he said he was, but they already had their mind made up as to what that really meant. They had put Jesus in this little box marked Messiah, and they thought that they had him all figured out. Well, now, Peter, James, and John, they find themselves up on top of this mountain with Jesus, and Jesus is transfigured before their very eyes. They have no idea what is going on. We're told that Jesus' face shone like the sun, and that his clothes became as white as the light. I can't even imagine what the disciples thought when they saw this. And just as they're trying to figure out what was happening, right there in front of them stood Moses and Elijah. Moses represented the Old Testament law, and Elijah represented the prophets of old. And of course, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So there stood Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah. Well, the next thing you know, Peter gets all excited, and he says to Jesus, this is great. Lord, if you want me to, I'll put up three tents, for, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. 
Peter never did know when to be quiet, did he? He always seemed to jump the gun. He was always so caught up in the excitement of the moment that he wanted it to last. And this was the most amazing thing that they had ever seen, and he just didn't want it to end. I think that we could all relate to that. When we have one of those mountaintop experiences, when something happens in our lives that makes us so happy, we just don't want it to end. We want that moment or that day or that experience to last. Surely that's what Peter was thinking about here. So while Peter is still explaining his brilliant idea about putting up three tents, this bright cloud came and covered them. And as they were trying to get their bearings, they heard a voice from within the cloud say, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and they were terrified. So much for that mountaintop experience. Again, they thought they had Jesus all figured out, but now it was just getting weird. It was way out of their comfort zones. It was out of their control, so they became afraid. This event shattered all of their preconceived ideas about who Jesus is. They had their own expectations of what Jesus was going to accomplish, and this certainly did not fit into their vision. But then I love what Jesus does here. Verse 7 says, Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. They went from having this experience that they didn't want to end to being terrified at what was happening. But Jesus was right there with them, comforting them and lifting them up. When the disciples looked up, Moses and Elijah, Elijah were gone, and Jesus was standing there all by himself. And then we're told that they started down the mountain. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking as they started walking down the mountain? They had just witnessed the glory of God. They just heard straight from the mouth of God that Jesus was God's son. This experience changed them. It changed their relationship with each other because of what they just went through together. It changed their relationship with Jesus because it gave them a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. But this experience also changed them. Jesus was transfigured before them, and they came down that mountain transformed. They were not the same people going down that mountain as they were when they went up. That is a true mountaintop experience. A mountaintop experience changes you. It's much bigger than just a happy moment. It's a transformational moment. You, you walk away from it different than you were when you, before it happened. Now, I'm sure that you've all had a mountaintop experience at some time in your life. It's that thing that happens when you just want time to stand still. A time when you recognize that your life has or is about to change forever. Sometimes it's an incident that just makes you glow from the experience. Many of you have had those mountaintop experiences in your spiritual life. Sometime when God has done something amazing in your life. We can have those mountaintop experiences when we attend a retreat or a conference or sometimes in worship. It's a time when we know that our relationship with Jesus Christ has gotten stronger. Maybe you can recall that feeling just like the disciples had that day. 
Peter, James, and John were never the same. Their lives had been changed, but the thing is, the disciples couldn't stay up on that mountain, although Peter tried by offering to build tents for them. But they couldn't stay there. They had to get on with life. And that means that they had to come down off of that mountain. But that's the thing about mountaintop experiences. They don't last forever. We can't stay up there on that mountain. Eventually, we have to come down. God gives us those occasional mountaintop experiences to encourage us and to equip us because the real work is down in the valley. It's in the valley where we put our faith into action. So many times people have a mountaintop experience and they're all excited about God and their faith and they just love Jesus up on that mountain. But then they come off the mountain and life happens and disappointment happens and we lose friendships and we lose jobs and we lose loved ones and suddenly we lose faith. But if we can lose our faith that easily, did we really have it in the first place? We can be a lot like Peter before he went up on that mountain. Peter thought that he had Jesus all figured out. He had those preconceived ideas about who Jesus was, what he was going to do, and what was going to happen to him. Peter certainly had expectations, and oftentimes, so do we. We think that if we have faith, that life should be easy. Our expectation is that if we know Jesus, that nothing bad will ever happen to us, that we'll never get sick, that our relationships will always be perfect, that we will always be happy. The problem with that is we think that Jesus should conform to our image rather than us being transformed into the image of Christ. But we've got it all backwards. We are never promised that life will be easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus promises that it'll be hard. That's why he tells us to pick up our cross and follow. We will all have our own crosses to bear. Life in this world will be challenging, and sometimes it'll feel downright impossible. But even when we feel like that, Jesus will come to you, and he will touch you, and he will say, don't be afraid. No matter what you're going through, we have Jesus' assurance that he is always with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us. We aren't promised a perfect life. We aren't promised that we will never get sick or that we will live forever here on earth. But we are indeed promised that we will have eternal life with Jesus when this crazy, sometimes happy, sometimes devastating life here on earth is over. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey right now, whether you're on the middle of that mountaintop experience and you know that God is doing something amazing, or whether you feel like you're covered in that cloud and you just can't see a thing, or if you don't know what to do next, or if you're just walking around in the valley going about your life, no matter where you are, know that Jesus is right there with you. Imagine today that Jesus meets you where you are and that he puts his hand on your shoulder and that he says to you, don't be afraid. Get up. Keep on going. I'm with you and I will never leave you. 
So your challenge this week is to assess your faith as you begin this Lenten journey. If you're up on that mountain this week, that's great. Just remember to praise God while you're up there. Remember to ask him to give you strength for the upcoming valley. If you're in that valley right now, remember that Jesus is walking with you. He knows what you're going through. And no one went through a darker valley than Jesus did. So know that he is there, that he is walking with you, that he is lifting you up. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for those occasional mountaintop experiences and for the way that we are transformed by them. But Lord, we know that most of the time we live in the valley. So we thank you for being with us in the valley. And thank you that we don't have to be afraid. Thank you that you are always with us. We know that you walk with us and that as we begin our Lenten journey this week, we want to walk with you. May we be transformed by this upcoming journey. We pray in your holy name and all God's people say, Amen.